Episode 161 is here, everybody, with Jeremy Ryan Slate, the longtime podcast host and founder of Command Your Brand Media, a PR firm consultancy helping its clients connect with some of the best podcast hosts uh, throughout the entire industry. I really appreciate Jeremy's insight today, uh, shedding light into the podcast industry in general, the business side of things, the future of audio, uh, the mindset of high achievers, which is really what he focuses on in the self-help and self-improvement space on his podcast, and uh, all the other in-between tidbits that he shared with us. Tremendous value, and uh, odds are if you're here listening to this podcast, you like podcasts, and you will undoubtedly like this next podcast. Episode 161, everybody, with the one and only Jeremy Slate. The Optimal Life. McCordy with the run, McCordy with the catch, McCordy with the tackle. <laughs> and then it's like, and the extra point with Andrew Giuliani. <laughs> no kidding. The kicker was uh, Rudy Giuliani's son. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a small world, man. It's, it's good. Yeah, It's seriously. good to connect with you. Those guys have done well for themselves in the NFL. Yeah. They both had monstrous second contracts. Uh, and in fact, they've taken really good care of like their community too. They're good like that. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're they're better, they're better people off the field than they are on. And uh, you can't say that for many 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 of these guys. So um, they've done just tremendous things in their community, and and they've always kept their heads on their shoulders, even with all the yeah. success. You know. Uh, anyways, hey man, good to good to connect with you. Um, let's uh, let's get into it. So. First off, I look at your podcast and eight hundred and you're on the verge of eight hundred and fifty episodes. Yeah, we're closing in, man. That's incredible. When did you, how long ago did you start? Um, November twentieth of twenty fifteen. So uh, five, almost five and a half years now, and you're in, going on to eight hundred and fifty episodes. That's a ton of volume. I mean, you're putting out what yeah. one hundred and fifty episodes a year, give or take. So when I started, it was five days a week, um, and that was for like the first about a year. And I found that eventually, like I was getting burned out, and the content wasn't as good. So it went to three days a week. And you know, I continually am trying to talk to really cool people and things like that because that keeps me engaged and interested, and still doing a good job for the audience. So, what was your motivation behind starting the podcast? I failed at everything I could fail at. Um, you know, like literally. So um, my master's is uh, in ancient history, and I had taught high school for a couple of years coming out of school. But then in 2012, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke, and it made me look at a, a lot of different things that you know I was doing in life. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this entrepreneurship thing. And I, I tried um, network marketing full time, which was ill advised, but I did it. And I went from there selling life insurance, also sold products on Amazon, and just like. Literally, I wasn't making any money. I was just going into debt. And I've been a podcast listener since like 07. And I'm like, you know what? I, I'll, let me give this a shot. So the first version was called Rock Your Life. It was horrible. Like, it wasn't very good. And we had like a, we had 40 episodes and like 100 downloads in like two months. Like, literally no one was listening. And I quit that. And in 2015, I finally started this show because it was like, you know, what else, what else am I going to do for my creativity? It wasn't even like this intention of like making money or anything with it. Mm-hmm. And it was, so you were just scratching an itch. You were you were trying to fill a void. Like, fill a, a void, a man. Yeah. yeah, like I needed I needed to have some some place for you know like a creative outlet or something like that, or you know some place to to connect with really cool people because I always had this purpose to do it. I just 
could never make it go right. So like the podcast for me just really filled that place and that void and it took off. We had 10,000 listens in our first 30 days. And, wow. you know, I've gotten to talk to hundreds of people I really, really admire. And, you know, we continue to, you know, try to push that ball forward. 10,000 in the first 30. How in the world did that happen? Um, stupidity, honestly. Like, like, <laughs> like uh, I had, at, at that point in time, I had been in the fitness world for quite a while. I was a competitive powerlifter, so I had a lot of connections um, for, like, um, like fitness people on LinkedIn. So I, I had at least had that going for me. Um, but I didn't have a massive, you know, network of people. So I individually reached on LinkedIn and asked them to subscribe and review the podcast. Um, I sent like 3,000 messages by hand. Like I didn't know what automation was at that point in time, so I just did it all by hand. Um, a little bit of copy-paste, but mostly by hand. Mm-hmm. I had uh, like 750 people on my phone at that time. So every single person text me. I was trying to get them to review and subscribe. I called every person I could. I got every friend I could when we were out in public and showed them how to do it on their phone. I actually even did it for them because I knew if I could get subscribes, that was going to be a really, really big deal. And that was going to be something that was really going to help me. At the same time, uh, that was when iTunes New and Noteworthy was still like, still a thing and still open. So we were able to get into that and we got eight weeks of promotions, which really helped to drive that home as well. So a lot of stuff had to go right, but you know, more of it was just kind of, you know, being willing to work hard because everything I had done hadn't worked up to that point. So it was just like, if I was going to fail, I was going to fail. I'm looking at your website. You've had people from Jim Trussell here in Ohio State, baby. I like that. That 08. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a huge Packers fan. And uh, I happened to connect with AJ Hawk on, uh, on uh, Instagram. Well, I'm a, a big AJ Hawk fan. We had an incredible conversation. And he just kept talking about Coach Tressel, and he's like, oh, I can introduce you to Coach Tressel. So I had Coach Tressel on, which was incredible. And if you're an Ohio State guy, I had, I had Nick Swisher on not too long ago, too, who was also another Ohio State alum. Beautiful. Love it, man. Grant Cardone, uh, A.J. Hawk, as you mentioned, Tom, is it Billy? How do you pronounce Tom's last name? Billy. Billy. Yeah, Tom Billy. He's the founder of, uh, of uh, oh gosh, uh, Quest Nutrition. Yes. Yeah, he's really big on social media. I see him rubbing shoulders with all these guys, Grant Cardone, Ed Milet, et cetera. Uh, Danica Patrick, too. Wow. Are you now not a Danica uh, fan anymore after the breakup? Um, you know, it's I'm always interested in people that do different things. And to me, like, racing is a really interesting one. Um, because it's funny to me because people are like, oh, race car drivers aren't athletes. Well, to sit in a car for that long, go that fast, be sweating as much as you guys are, I'd be pretty you know, decent shape, have to have good concentration and things like that. So for me, I'm really interested in learning that type of thing. So I, I was actually really interested in her story, especially being a woman in a male-dominated sport. Like, you know, how do you get good enough to compete? Like, how do you get better as a driver? Like, what skill sets do you build? So, like, yeah, it's it, to me, it's I'm always trying to learn interesting and obscure skills from people. There's a lot you can pick up that way. Absolutely. That's ex- well. You and I are in the exact same space in this self-help, self-improvement space. And yeah. uh, when people ask me what is your podcast about, I, I say, well, you know, I'm realizing it's probably a little more niche than I thought it was. But I have conversations because <laughs> because we're trying to exactly what you just said. We're trying to pull lessons out of our conversations with whoever it is. So yeah, and, and you're doing the same thing. So I'm realizing, and that can be the hardest thing, by the way. Like when people are like, "Oh, like how do you describe your podcast?" Like because that the, it, it, 
ebbs and flows and changes and things like that. So at the same time, it can it can be hard to describe that. What are some common characteristics? You've talked to some of the world's uh, highest performers in so many different industries. Um, when you look across the board, talk about some of these characteristics and traits that really you see common amongst these amazing performers. Well, I'll be honest with you. That's actually so. I'm actually in the process of, of writing a book right now about that called Extraordinary, because I, I think that there are a lot of things they have in common. Like the biggest being adversity, and looking at adversity as a thing that's a tool and a growth potential, and something that can, you know, make you really incredible. Um, you know, like I, 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 though I haven't interviewed him, I spent spent a lot of time in the first chapter talking about Tom Brady because I just find that a, a lot about his career is interesting. You know, like not starting in high school till his senior year or, you know, like not even barely starting his senior year at, at Michigan and, you know, kind of going back and forth with Drew Henson. So I think for like, incre- you know, the high level people, adversity to them is this thing that kind of like, you know, it's like, it's like when Peter Parker gets bit by the spider and becomes Spider-Man, you have to go through all this stuff to become the person you want to be. But that adversity is really incredible. And it's the people that embrace that, that can do a lot with that. Um, you know, another really big thing is, um, you know, they're able to compartmentalize. Like, they're able to be the best at what they're doing, but also not get stuck in their daily life because your daily life can really get you stuck if you have some things going on. So I think that's important, too. Um, at the same time, courage is vital, right? Somebody may be the best at something, they may have some great ability at something, they have a great plan, but if you don't have the courage to do what needs to be done, if you don't have the courage to sometimes, you know, swallow your own pride and do something, like... It's, it's a big deal. Like, it, it's so interesting to me in, in, you know, over 800 interviews at this point, like how similar people at the highest levels are because they've kind of embraced this unspoken code between them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, I think most people look on the outside looking in. They're looking at these people and they're going, how do they do it? It's Everything seems so easy for this person. It seems like it's just a cakewalk, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the perception. And little do they know that these people have failed time and time and time again. Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because I've seen that in my own life too, right? Like I, I mentioned all these different things that I failed at. Um, oh my gosh, I have to take notes on what you and I are talking about right now. This is a, this is a writing breakthrough. Thank you. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, you look at each thing that you failed in, and there's a skill that you gain from that. There's an ability that you gain from that. Or there's um, an intensity you gain from that. And I think a lot of times people don't look at that. They look at it for, well, you failed. They don't look at it for, what did you learn? Where did you become better? Where did you improve? What motivation did you pick up? And, and I think that's the really, really vital thing to take that there. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh, resilience, again, you can't really ever be a, a super successful person have you, if you don't go through some real shitty times. I truly believe that because those shitty times allow you to uh, allow you to learn how to deal with stress. Number one, allow you mm-hmm. to find ways to pivot, just like you did. You said, "Hey, I was failing at everything. Uh, yeah. I'm going to keep you know those shitty times, those low moments, those failures." shape you and take you and teach you about resilience if you don't have if you never go through that kind of experience how can you ever really truly be a, a super successful person because one day when that when that hammer does fall 
and things get a little tough, you're going to just you'll you'll crater. I mean, you won't even know how to handle it. It's it's interesting, and I, and I hate to reference Tom Brady again. I'm, I'm sorry about that. No, man. please do. You can but reference like, you know, the goal all the time. The Patriots versus the Falcons Super Bowl. That is the best example of adversity feeding somebody, right? They get into the third quarter and they're down. I think it was like twenty to three. And you know what? Brady buckles down, brings down the field. They get a field goal. They get a field goal. They get a touchdown. They get another field goal. They go to overtime. They get a touchdown. And they win it. Like. How many people in that situation would have buckled? You know, Matt Ryan buckled. You know, and that was kind of the end of it for them. But people that have been through, and, and honestly, like, you know, he was, a, he was a fourth overall pick, Matt Ryan. Um, you know, he kind of had an easy time out of Boston College. And I think when you look at it, like, having to struggle for each and everything you've gotten is a gift. You know, you look at Michael Jordan, like, not making his, uh, his you know, JV team in high school, and that was a really big deal for him because he went out there and he shot more shots than anybody else. So it's really interesting to be able to deal with some of those things. Like, you know, even in, uh, in Kobe Bryant's life, you know, when, when he would miss a shot, he would spend the, the, when he would miss an important shot, he'd spend the rest of the night taking shots. <laughs> so I think so many times look for where can I grow, where can I do more, and it's those moments that really help you to perform when you get to those moments where you are under fire. Yeah, and another subtle lesson, too, that I take from that uh, Tom Brady uh, Super Bowl example against Atlanta, so many people, too, want the immediate gratification, instant reward. They want to just go hit the... Our society's built on it. You want the grand... Yeah, they, that's what it is, the grand slam, grand slam. And and you can't... You're not going to win when you're always swinging for the fences. I mean, just look at the odds. If you're... The best uh, baseball batting averages of all time are not the power sluggers. It's the guys that Mm -hmm. stay consistent and keep working on their craft, happy with the single, happy with the double, happy. And that's the same kind of approach with Brady. Like, I'm going to just start chipping away one at a time. We know we we have our work cut out for us. I'll take the field goal. I'll take another field goal. We'll drive that. It's chipping away one piece at a time ultimately to get you to the end goal. And I think that's interesting too, right? Like that success itself is a process and getting there is a process because so many people, they know where they want to end up, but they don't make those goals in the way. And you have to achieve something to achieve something else to achieve something else to actually get that thing. And it's, I think part of the thing is we're not, we're not taught to be that way, right? We're not taught to, to really operate in that way. You know, we're taught that, you know, you go to school for this long, you get this job, you get this job, or, you know, you do this next thing. We're not really taught to, you know, set goals properly and operate in adversity and, you know, shoot for the stars and do a lot of these big things. So I, I think we're at, a, we're at a disadvantage and we have life easy, honestly. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, interesting approach. So the back to your podcast. The podcast has obviously grown exponentially over the years. Um, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you now, I, I guess, where has the podcast taken you, you personally and individually, uh, into your career? What else have you done with it as you've expanded your reach? So it's interesting because I literally was like nobody before I started a podcast. Like I was this guy that failed at a bunch of things and my parents were kind of wondering if I needed money to survive. And I'm like, no dad, trust me, I'm good. But, like, you know, I literally was nobody before I had this podcast. I had, you know, a teaching career, which I had quit from. I had tried these different businesses that didn't work. So, for me, it was a way to be a student 
but at the same time be a teacher, right? Because I could learn from incredible people and use that to teach others. And I started getting so much attention that people started asking me to create podcasts for them. So we started a company where we actually uh, did like a done for you podcast model for people. And it was going well. We were building some great podcasts for people, but we kept hearing the same thing from our clients. And that was, you know, I really like this and I really enjoy this, but I'm so busy. You know, do you have a service where you can just book me on shows? Mm. And at that point in time, um, my wife had been in PR for about 10 years. So we kind of put together her skill set and my skill set, and we're, we, we decided we were going to become the PR firm for the podcast industry. And, and since then, we've built our entire lives off of that. Um, you know, we have uh, 14 staff at this point in time. We've helped, you know, hundreds of clients go on thousands of shows and make a really big impact. But all that's because of podcasting. Like, I'd, I'd be nothing without it. And this is the company Command Your Brand. Yeah, this is Command Your Brand. I'd, we'd be doing we'd be doing none of what we we're doing now had I not started a podcast. Mm. So, Command Your Brand. Just to get, dig into that a little further, is a, a PR agency where you're connecting your clients with other popular podcast hosts. Yeah. So we we we. Do take a lot of responsibility for it too because we really work with our clients on a coaching process of, of getting to be a great guest like going to what we call story message call to action helping them get the right positioning making sure it's also the right positioning for a host because that too is important and then we also teach content repurposing because what you're doing with the content you create is so so important but I find so many times people think whether it's a podcast or a TV appearance or a media placement they think the end product is that media appearance but in all honesty, it's what you do with it and it's how you use it and it's how you market it. That's the full effect of it. So we're really teaching our clients um, how to be effective with PR, not effect of PR. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I mean, obviously so do they because your business continues to grow. Um, and I get a lot of these too. I get a lot of these um, agencies contacting me now to, to arrange guest interviews and that sort of thing. I don't know how much coaching that they do behind the scenes to uh, get their clients ready like you guys do. I assume that that, that may be a differentiation for your company. Well, and, and the thing about that too is like as a as a host, like my team creates keeps creating things for our clients based on what I complain about. Like, mm. you know, one of the big things that, that we've done um, is create media kits for, for, for people which have like you know, suggested questions. They have the right bios because I know I hate having to go and write somebody's bio if they didn't give it to me, you know, the correct images. So we're really trying to, you know, help podcasters in a way, you know, handle the things that I always complained about when I interview somebody. So I, I don't, to my knowledge, nobody else is doing it that way, but that's, you know, really what we've tried to, tried to do. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, when you look at this industry in general, we're still at a very infancy stage correct oh my gosh yeah there's so much room to grow because it's it, the, the industry itself um i think there's like 1.7 million podcasts out there and only 18 percent are active that means they actually produce a show um every 30 days so the actual number of podcasts out there you have to compete from you know 18 percent of 1.7 million isn't that much you know it's less than tv shows and things like that so there's a lot of room for you know, people to, people to compete, especially if you niche down and you really just decide what market you're going to service. And we're also kind of in the midst of you know consumer behavior driving a lot of what we're seeing in in the media space with Netflix, with Prime, with podcasting. 
people want to choose what they're listening to and when they're listening to it. So I think creators that are really going to use the podcast medium to create what people are looking for in the niches they're looking for it with have an incredible opportunity right now. Yeah, it's uh, very exciting. And uh, like you said, we're just scratching the surface. I, I didn't realize that there's that many inactive podcasts. So you're only talking about roughly 300,000, maybe a little bit more. Based yeah, and the number, number maybe higher than, than 1.7 right now. That was the last number I had seen a couple months ago. So I'm, I've assumed by now it's you know it's grown. But only 18%, that's, that's a very low number to compete with. So where do you see this, uh, as the industry continues to evolve and mature, uh, where do you see pe- this going in terms of people being able to brand themselves, uh, create opportunities for themselves? I know this is a, a loaded question, but just you know, give us a little bit more insight about the power of branding through podcasts. Well, I think you're giving people an opportunity to feel like they know you better than they ever could before because they're spending so much time with you and they're getting to know what you like and talk to the people that you're interested in. Like, like that in itself is is a, is a is a, a cool concept, right? Like the people you're bringing on the show, you're giving people that are listening to you insight to people you're interested in. Like that's like that's like inception. That's kind of interesting to look at it that way. But there's there's so much different potential for people to to get to know you and build a relationship with you like no other medium. And it's long form content. Like you're spending 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, whatever it may be, with people. Uh, or if you're Joe Rogan, three to five hours, whatever it may be. So that's a lot of time, and you're not getting that in any other medium. You're not getting that on TV. You're not getting that on radio. So there's this real opportunity to become the go-to and get that mind share in people's minds where, where you just didn't have that before. And as I mentioned earlier, like the ability to niche down, like you can service you know, a market of a market of a market, and that's just not something you can do in any other place. So I think it's it's really interesting to get to become the go-to in front of the audience. You need to become the go-to of and be called, you know really build a relationship with them, like like no other medium. Yeah, it's int- because the the days of going on like a Jay Leno or one of these radio shows, they ask you the same damn four or five lousy questions. It's super <laughs> surfacey. It's super fluffy, you know. And then they and then you move on and you skate into the darkness. And then everyone's buying your movie, and you you know how this goes. Yeah, well, and, and, and even to the to the standpoint of too, like um, even what you can talk about on traditional TV, you can't. Like you know, like right. you watch a Joe Rogan podcast, they talk about some stuff that definitely isn't acceptable for television. But you learn a lot more about the people you're interested in. So I think at the same time. It's more real, you know what I mean? It's 100%. not this like made for TV special thing. 100%. So, let's talk a little bit about I assume you're at the point now where you've obviously you've created a business. This is your life. This is your livelihood, you and your wife. Um when it comes to financials and when it comes to potential, just generalization. Um I assume that you have regular sponsors at this point on your podcast. So we have some. I haven't concentrated as much on sponsors. I've actually done better with affiliate offers. Okay. Um, because, you know, the sponsors are telling you I'm only going to pay you X number of dollars or whatever it may be. We've done really well with, you know, I like this product. I'm going to promote this product and I get a percentage for promoting this product. So we've actually done very well with affiliate offers. Um, I know the one I use all the time is Audible because I'm always telling my audience about what book I'm reading at the time and recommending it. Mm-hmm. And that's done very, very well for us. Um, but for me, it's it's been more affiliate offers, honestly, because they, they make you more money. So for people that don't know, what are some of the ways that you, what are some of the avenues, affiliate offers is clearly number one, or one of them, what are some other ways that you can monetize a podcast? Well, I always tell people, like, don't create a podcast and expect it to just be monetized in itself. 
it should be something that promotes something else you're doing. So I really think that the main way um, that you should be using a podcast is, is to, in the space that your business operates, you know, get more visibility, get more trust, um, you know, get more clients and, and get in front of the right people. So I think that is the major way that most people should be using it, and that is your major monetization vehicle. Like a podcast should promote something else you're already doing. Mm. Um, there are, like I said, there, there's you know ads and, and there's uh, affiliate offers and stuff like that, but most people aren't gonna be Joe Rogan and have the traffic numbers to be able to make money like that. So really your podcast should helping, be helping you become the celebrity in the space that you're in so that you can make a bigger impact in your business. I, I really think that's the best way to do it because it's a small percentage of people that are ever going to make big dollars off advertising and affiliate offers. What do you think a guy like Rogan's pulling in? Well, we know the Spotify deal, but uh, what's what's a top? Well, it's a hundred million dollar Spotify deal. I don't know to be honest with you. Other than that, like yeah. his, and at this point in time, like have you have you listened to his show since it's gone to Spotify? To be quite honest with you, only only a handful of times. I used to listen all the time. There are so many ad spots now too. I'm I'm curious what he charges for an ad spot because I know the, the one of the last episodes I listened to he had Elon Musk back on. Right. They did five ads, and we're 15 minutes in the episode. And I haven't heard anything yet. So <laughs> he's got to yeah. be doing pretty well with the number of ads and the companies he has repping him. I mean, what are some of the for people that don't know? What are some of the top podcasters bringing in in revenue on a monthly or annual basis? Do you know? Well, I know the one I'm always looking at because um, he actually publishes his numbers publicly is John Lee Dumas, you know, and he's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars a month and you know, a couple million bucks a year in terms of that. Um, but there's just not a lot of podcasters that promote, you know, what they're making in terms of revenue. For me, the main source of revenue is the agency. Like our podcast helps us get seen and heard, and we have some great affiliate offers and things like that. But building our agency is our main revenue source. Well, yeah, that's uh, John Lee Dumas. That's I mean, these guys are pulling in millions of downloads per month, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's interesting because some of those bigger shows, like the num, it's you know we do we do like fifty thousand listens a month, which is decent. But like um, a lot of these bigger shows, they're doing in the millions, which that's intense. Hey man, fifty thousand—that's a nice number. That's a beautiful it's, number. It's a nice number. We'd like it to be bigger, but we're continually working on it. You know. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And like you said, the, you know, the sky's the limit. We're we're here, we're in you and I and other people that are in doing this right now. We're in at the early stage now, and if we continue to remain consistent and continue to provide value, and really do it as a passion project, which is what I do it for, which is why you started in the first place, um, the sky's the limit, and people will continue to come along as long as you're being authentic and real. Well, and to your point about that, like it's being consistent is really 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 important like how many people have you seen that sort of podcast and 10 episodes in they're done right like if you're going to do this right commit to at least a year like you really have to commit to at least a year um to, to be able to really see some movement in the right direction but most people aren't willing to do that why do you think most people give up after seven episodes or whatever the stat is there was a south park episode about 14 years ago now i'm aging myself um, and it was when like people started first getting famous on YouTube, and uh, they talked about the, all the characters in the show were, were going to get famous on YouTube and they were going to get the magical internet money. And that's the same problem that people starting a podcast have. They're starting it for the wrong reason. Mm. They're not starting it to have great conversations. They're not starting it to enhance their positioning or promote their business. They're starting it because they think they're going to get it up to a certain point. They're going to sell advertising, and you know that's how they're going to do it. 
for most people, that just isn't the way. But if you know how to use it the right way, it's one of the best things you can ever do. But they just have the wrong idea and the wrong expectations, so that's why they quit. Yes, that that is perfectly said, and it goes back to the immediate gratification thing, too, we kind of touched on earlier. Uh, what's your take on this Clubhouse app? Where do you, you see know, this you, going? People keep asking me about this, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't spent enough time on it. Um, it's been a really busy season of my life right now. We have a, another child due next month. Um, I have to have my my book manuscript to my publisher by the end of the month before they kill me. So, like, <laughs> I just really haven't put the time into it to, to really get a benefit out of it. So I feel like it, it does take a lot of time to, to do that. But I think at the same time, um, podcasts and audio, like, really fill a certain place in people's life that, you wouldn't really have access to otherwise, like even with Clubhouse, because it is more of a medium where people want to interact and things like that. You know, there's certain times where I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to, you know, uh, yes. you know have, have to interact with somebody. But when I'm listening to a podcast, I can definitely do that. Like to today, one of my favorite things to do during the day and break up the day sometimes is, you know, go hit 50 balls at the driving range. Put on my headphones and listen to a podcast, and I don't, you know, really care to talk to anybody at that point in time. But you know, I have that space in my life to do that. So I think there really is always going to be a space in people's lives for podcast audio. And I just, you know, I've I've tried to do the clubhouse thing and just haven't figured out where it fits in my life yet. I think the audio is still so untapped. It's so much more diverse than video. I know video is yeah. popular and YouTube's popular. I you just, need a lot of stuff for video to go right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you need, like, a better camera. And you need the right bandwidth. You need things like that. Like, audio is so available to people. That's, yeah. And you can do so many other things at once. You can multitask with the audio like you were doing today. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I just find it hard. To, I'm, I'm surprised that, for example, and I'm sure, obviously, you've probably talked about this dozens of times, I'm surprised that it's not at the point yet where you could, like, we can go click on Jeremy Slate's show here on The Optimal Life, and you could see how many people might like it or have commented on that actual show, like a YouTube video. You mm -hmm. can't, you can't do that currently on any. That of the would be audience. very cool, and I don't, you know, it's, it's. I think the problem with it, um, and I, and I think it stems from Apple, because they don't really make money off podcasting. You know what I mean? And I, so I think for, it's just kind of a thing that they have. Like it doesn't really make them any money. So I think for a lot of the larger companies, um, you know, they haven't figured out where the profit center is for them. Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, if they did what you're talking about, they would make money, right? Because there'd be an interaction element, and people would have a reason to stay and stick around. But I think it's it's a short-sightedness, honestly. Yeah, I, I love just talking about this stuff and thinking about it because you know 10 years from now it's going to look so much different. And then we can come back to this episode and be oh, yeah, I remember we talked about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, how's fatherhood? What's fatherhood been like for you? Initially, so so this is initially, um, like, I was an only child and stuff like that, so I hadn't really dealt with kids, so I had to kind of, like, learn how to be, like, a good dad, honestly, because I didn't really have to deal with siblings, um, but at this point in time, like, it's been fun. My daughter is wild. Um, she is an awesome kid. She's got a ton of energy, and we've tried to, like, I know it's the, the last year has been tough, but we travel a lot for business, usually, for speaking and things like that. So we've tried to make that a family experience, which has been great as well. Um, so fatherhood has, has definitely been interesting, and it's been a learning experience for me. Do you guys know what you're having? Um, well, we 
already have our daughter. She's she's right. two and a half. Uh, this time around, we don't know. We want to be surprised. Know. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite a life-changing event. <laughs> you know, just and then, it changes your perspective on a lot of things. Oh, you know, like it, it sure really does. does. Like, it, you look at things so differently, um, yeah. and especially like you know, already having a daughter. Like, I don't know. Like, like you also look at people differently. You know what I mean? Like, you expect a different level of respect because you're like, "Well, I have a daughter. I would never want somebody to treat my daughter like that." It changes your viewpoints in a lot of ways. It does. It changes the way you think, feel, and act, and you can't even explain it to anyone that hasn't gone through it. Yeah, they yeah, look at 100%. you like you're crazy. So, um, but hey, listen, man, I'm I'm really happy that we had a chance to connect. Um, I look forward to catching some of your episodes. Is there are there any recent ones that really stand out that really blew you away? Um, Besides all of them. Well, so I definitely would recommend my interview with Nick Swisher. Um, I was a huge fan when he played with the Yankees because uh, I feel like he's a guy that always worked hard. You know, he wasn't the best player on the field, but he would outwork anybody on the field. So that was an awesome interview. Um, I also interviewed uh, former CIA director David Petraeus, um, and just kind of learning how those guys operate and they think and everything else is, is extremely interesting to me. Wow. So I'm always interested in, in athletes and, and, and things like that. The mindsets of these people, you just must, when you finish an episode, you must just be like, holy shit, right? I mean, yeah, and, and like now that I'm in the writing process too, like one of the things I've done is gone back and like re-listened to episodes since it's, you know, it's synthesizing this stuff is important and I've learned a lot but going back it's like oh my gosh there's so many things I missed even like because there's just there's so much incredible information there yeah yeah no doubt about it Jeremy Slate the uh, founder and host of create your own life podcast and of course command your brand media we will link your website in the show notes you're also working on a book that you mentioned earlier you want to say the name of that book again yeah, the book is called Extraordinary, and we've been still kind of toying with the subtitle. We've uh, been going over a lot of our, uh, our our cover options and things like that, but I've got to have all the, the manuscript done by the end of the month for a fall release, so you know we're working hard on that. Hey, all the best to you, my friend. Uh, you are now you've set the bar high. I I, I got to catch you on my monthly downloads. I've, I've got <laughs> I've got a ways to go still, but we'll get there. We'll get there one day. Absolutely, man. Well, you have a, you have a great show. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll get your way there. Thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate the insight today. Absolutely.